midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome back to the Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me, as always, is Logan Stump. Hello, how's it going? And joining us for the first time this full season, like this, when after the season has started, is Matt Harcourt. Hello. Hi, Matt. I missed Hello. you. Yeah, I know. We were like talking into it to get here today. Yeah, <laughs> that was wild. I can't believe that you you were there at what eleven and twelve, and you came back. It's a short flight. Yeah, I had a date with a rat. <laughs> oh wow! I wonder if Rachel knows you call her that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he meant ratatouille. Uh, oh, for people that don't know, yeah, uh, come on, to call her that too. Today. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so let's go. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let's go ahead and get uh, get talking. Some let's skip the small talk, shall we? Uh, and get right to business. Oh, okay. Um, we can talk about Matt. I was gonna. <laughs> I had like a whole twenty minute thing about my theories for the Spider Man preview, but. Okay. Well, you know what? That'll be later tonight, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we had a lot of games going on here. Uh, we do have a fun stat that I really want to talk about too here, and I guess we can do this before we go into the games. There's four Premier League teams without a goal this season. We have Arsenal, uh, Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Wolves. Uh, we had, what, Wolves. Uh, I think most of us picked Wolves to get relegated, uh, and I think one of us chose Palace. We all thought Norwich had enough. Arsenal, I feel like it's just a repeat of last season right now where they start off really bad and they might turn it around. <laughs> they might not. <laughs> but just just a fun stat there. Uh, four teams without a goal. Now, it's only been two games, so it's not like DEFCON 1 right now. But, uh, you know, maybe if you're a fan of the teams, it feels like uh, we are on red alert here. Uh, and they also, those four teams have no points, along with Newcastle, who has scored goals, but they've also given up goals, and they've have uh, no points. Palace has a point. And Burnley. Oh, Palace does have a point. You're right. Sorry. Sure. It is the, there's five teams without a point, and that's Wolves, Burnley, Newcastle, Arsenal, and Norwich. So uh, three of the, uh, two of those four, Arsenal, Norwich, uh, and Wolves, three of the four don't have a so yeah so let's uh i guess let's get into the results uh we're trying not to overreact like we did last year i feel like we really 
And only yeah, I'm ready to call Arsenal one of the worst teams in history. <laughs> At the beginning of last <laughs> season, we're like, wow, West Ham is amazing. And they are top of the league right now. Uh, shout out to AJ from the final third. He's an, a West Ham fan. But I feel like we kind of had the same sort of thing last year. So I don't really want to get into this uh, too, too much. But Liverpool uh, was the first game of the weekend versus Burnley. Finished 2-0 Liverpool. Uh, with a Jota goal, uh, a goal ruled offside for Salah, and then a Sadio Mane goal, helping me get some fantasy points, even though I will ultimately uh, lose to Logan this week. Um, but, yeah, finishes 2 nothing. Matt, what was your thoughts on how Liverpool, who started with Norwich last week to get Burnley this week, they, they always seem to have these kind of starts. Um, but do you think they're kind of back to where they were pre-Virgil van Dijk injury here? Um, I, I don't think we can, I don't think we could say yes or no just yet. I think this upcoming week's a good test because Chelsea, um, will be playing Chelsea. I know on this upcoming Saturday, which is probably going to be a really good matchup. Um, but they do look, they do look really, really, uh, they, they look really, really good. Um, I'm greatly enjoying watching Van Dyke and Matt to play because it's been so long. I forgot what it was like to have confidence in the back line because of how much they struggled last year with injury. Um, and to be fair, they haven't even played with their actual first team midfield yet because of fitness. And um, well, most of it's been fitness. I know this past week Fabinho had a, a family emergency, so he was out as well. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see them actually as a full fit team. And if they remain healthy, I don't see why – if they remain healthy, why can't they do what they did uh, a couple of years ago? It's basically the same team, except there's Tiago and Jota um, and Kanate instead of, like, Dayan Lovren and Wijnaldum, um, which is really an improvement over those players. So, yeah, it, it's been nice watching them. I think this is a real test, though, with Chelsea because they look – Chelsea look equally as dominant. Um, I think they're going to be two of the top defensive teams if they stay healthy between Tuchel's amazing talent in terms of managing defense and Liverpool's players in defense. I think you're looking at two of the best defensive teams in the Premier League right now. Um, so it's it's just but it's going to be back and forth all season. Been there, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Aurora, she agrees with Matt, I think. I think it you know, Liverpool look decent again. So it's like, man, that's a, I did want to ask you like Matt, and I know people that don't watch Van Dyke. how much has he like changed that team? Cause I mean, watching him play, Oh my God, it's, it's just like night it's different. Day. It's night and day. And it's not even on the defensive end. It, he, him and Matt tip, if you watch the two games, yeah, their defensive skills are amazing, but watch, watch how Liverpool attack and how important those two guys are to it. Not only, are they important because their passing skills, especially Van Dyke, is insane. But when those two are back there, it also does give confidence to Trent. And right now it's it's Costas, but when Robertson's back, it'll be the same thing. They give you so much confidence in terms of recovery, um, in terms of any type of counterattack. They, they're fast. They're strong. They have everything you need in center backs. So it's not just – the defensive aspect that they missed. It was just the attacking part of it too. I last year watching a corner, 
I was always concerned because they didn't have them there. So defending it, I was worried. And when they were, you had a corner, I was like, they're not going to score. They don't have any height. They don't have any like goal prowess in terms of heading skills. Now it's, it's just night and day. Um, they're such a huge part to the team. And if, if they stay healthy, I don't see why they won't be fighting Chelsea in, in city. Um, obviously it's so much to happen, but they have just as good as a starting 11 as those two teams. And if, if they stay healthy, anything could happen. Logan, uh, how about from the Burnley point of view here? Just, you know, we're, we're all kind of, I think we were worried about Burnley going mm-hmm. into the season here. Uh, but I think none of we didn't, did any of us pick them for relegation? Yeah, I believe I did. Or like danger, maybe. I will check here. Uh, maybe not. You said we would have, yeah. You had Burnley as relegation. Yeah, I and thought Matt I had, had one. Matt had Burnley as relegation, and I did not. So we were worried about Burnley here. They're uh, not one of the ones that haven't scored, but they have zero points. Um, as we start the as we start the season, they're above the drop zone just because they have a better goal differential than Newcastle, Arsenal, and Norwich. We expect Arsenal and maybe Norwich that spot. But uh, so, you know, have you seen anything from Burnley here? I thought they played, uh, you know, pretty okay against Liverpool to start with, but then you give up a goal uh, to Liverpool. You know, it's it's not like – I don't think it's going to be like last year where you can score – uh, where you can give up like three goals to Liverpool back and score three, especially Burnley, who doesn't usually score a lot anyway. Yeah, I mean, 33% possession. I know that's not a telling stat, but I mean, 263 passes. Their pass accuracy was 66%. Um, they just don't have the midfield, and nor do they have the attack. And this was kind of that problem last year. Um, when you're talking about Wood and you're talking about Ashley Barnes, those aren't guys that you're thinking about lighting up the world. Um, and when those two aren't scoring, then nobody's scoring. So I think that that, that's part of the issue. I mean, I think their defense, which keeps them in games at times. I mean, Pope was really good, as good as he can be. But, I mean, you can't rely on a goalkeeper (laughs) to keep you in the game, obviously. Um, I I think that, you know, when you're looking at a team um, like Burnley, you you would hope that they would get somewhere in the attack. But I just don't see where they're going to get the attack this year. I think that's why I had them rated so lowly. I just don't see who, who's going to score for them. Um, I know in past seasons that that's been an issue for them, and they've tried to fix it in different ways, but it just doesn't work out that way. Um, you, you can't just find goal scorers. Uh, they don't grow on trees. So, it's again, it's the issue that they're going to continue to run with. Um, and I think if Wood and Ashley Barnes don't score, um, this team is easily uh, one of the weaker teams of the Premier League just because, you know, they, who, who, who can they compete with that's not going to score? I think Norwich will score. So yeah, I've always liked Chris Wood, who who's yeah. on Burnley, but I don't know if he's ever really done it well in the Premier League. He's mm-hmm. been a really good championship one. He was on uh, Leicester when I think they went up or when they were battling to go up, and then he had a you know a five match rating and a point zero nine xg mm-hmm. uh, out of after seventy five minutes. He only had one shot. And, you know, so, like, it wasn't even like they were getting the ball up to him all that much here. And Ashley Barnes, who was also up top, had a .30 XG, 7.0 match rating. Uh, But, 
again, one shot from him as well. And as a team as a whole, they had nine shots uh, compared to Liverpool's 27, and they only had 34% of the possession. Uh, I know it's against Liverpool, and you know who did they play last week? I'm blanking on that. I'm trying Brighton. to Brighton. Brighton. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were yeah. actually leading that game up until they like were. the last 15 minutes. Yeah. So Brighton I mean, that that's where you're like. I think Brighton is better actually than some are giving credit for. I think, but <clears throat> I just think why you can't be like oh, no, they're doomed. You also can't be like, well, it was just Liverpool. They'll, they'll pick up points against other teams because they, they couldn't against Brighton either. So that's that's where I'm worried with Burnley. And you need two good goal scorers. And Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood haven't scored double digits together since 2018, 2019. Woods had like 14 and 12 um, previous years, but Ashley Barnes like three or four. So it's not like... It's not like Ashley Barnes has just like struggled for a year or so. It's been a couple of years since Ashley Barnes has scored. So that's rough. Yeah, crazy. Uh then we had Aston Villa versus uh versus uh Newcastle here, uh, which was uh you know, a two nothing Aston Villa win um over Newcastle. Newcastle just faced uh was it West Ham last mm-hmm. week, right? So they're they're if they had Burnley next, you could say that they're trying to get all the, you know, uh, Claritin uh, <laughs> and blue, like uh, out of the, I mean, Claritin maroon, right? Uh, out of the way. Or is it Claritin blue? Which one is the red? Is red Claritin, Claritin blue? Okay. That's what yeah, I thought. It's the so red. Claritin blue. Um, trying to get all those teams out of the way, I guess, uh, early on in the season here. I was like, I feel like I watched this game already. <laughs> You did in an alternate universe. Yeah, I did la- last week. Uh, but this time, Newcastle doesn't even get a lead in this one. They just end up uh, losing, as in the last few minutes here of the stoppage in the first half, Danny Ings scores a goal for Villa. Um, and then we would have a- another goal by uh, El Ghazi, which was a penalty, and that uh, ended the game. So, I mean, that was not the end of the game, but uh, Danny Ings had a nice little bicycle kick. Uh, and then you have the penalty in the 62nd minute, and it finishes 2-0. And Newcastle find themselves in trouble, which we thought they would be in. They have uh, they have 50, they had three, 53% of the possession, nine shots to 10. Uh, you know, uh, couldn't find the back of the net uh, this time. Shots on target was... One out of nine, but Astonville only had two out of nine. But they just converted those two, so that that's the, like the fine margins of of soccer, I guess. But um, Matt, did you have any thoughts here on on Astonville or Newcastle, whichever one you have? Uh, I, I just think it's uh, in terms of Newcastle. I just think they have unfortunately come up against two teams that are just more talented than the two than than they are. I don't think. We're looking again. It's not really like an overreaction, but I don't think they're in a position to be worried because they do have players in terms of Callum Wilson and St. Maximin. And honestly, they're, I don't believe their goalkeeper is, is healthy right now. I believe Carl, I think it's Carl Dowlow or Darlow. Um, he's currently not healthy, so they're not even playing with first choice there. 
so I don't think we need to worry about them in a sense where maybe a team like Norwich, who even though they came up against two top teams, they just don't look like they've got anything going on for them. I mean, even when you read the stats, it, it's a fairly even game, but the difference is one team had a player like Danny Ings, who is known for prolific goal scoring. That's his, that's his thing. Um, and they actually played West Ham incredibly well until things just, again, West Ham had better talented, had more talented players between Antonio and Ben Rama. You know, Newcastle isn't going to be a team that's going to get points off of teams better than them very often, but they will be a team that's going to beat, you know, honestly, they're going to beat the Norwiches. They're probably going to beat the Brentfords and the Watfords. And I, I just don't think we can worry about them because players, they're going to have games where they're evenly matched. It's just going to be a matter of do they get maybe lucky? Maybe do they get the first goal and their defense can hold. So I'm not really worried about them right now until they start facing teams that are more on their level, which I think they're going to be beating, but they just got a poor draw, honestly. And any thoughts about the penalty from either of you with the, uh, the handball? I felt like it was pretty straightforward. I haven't seen too many complaints about VAR this weekend either. Yeah. I was going to say the VAR, the, the VAR front has been really quiet. I thought, I thought the closest thing was, and we'll get to it eventually. Um, maybe the closest thing could have been the Bamford. I don't know if you guys saw the Bamford thing where towards the end of the match, I couldn't really tell, but it was, there were some people saying that Bamford was fouled in the box, and I don't know. Was, it didn't look like watching, he was. But as I say, I was watching that game. Um, I didn't see that. I actually thought Bar did really, really well in yeah. that game too. Yeah. Um, with the pulling, uh, mm-hmm. never. Leeds has some players that I can never remember their name. There's like a click and a, a cook and a. <laughs> uh, Just so cool I, I noises. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think there was any issues with it. Are you, are you hosting, Logan? Well, what happened? I, I was I'm on reading the page of chat. Oh, <laughs> I guess I am. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, I guess. I, I, there's not really much to talk with Aston Villa. I mean, Aston Villa kind of runs to like, I mean, Danny Ings is going to be really good. It, it's just a matter of they lost Jack Grealish and if they, they can replace Jack Grealish. I don't know if Wayne Dia, I don't know enough about Wayne Dia yet to really, I know that he played up before, but I don't know if he's really an answer for Jack Grealish. They play different positions. I mean, he's better yeah. suited in a different position because Grealish is yeah. more on the, the wing. Mm-hmm. Wayne Dia is uh, more in the middle. Um, and to be fair, we're, they don't even have Ollie Watkins back yet. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think Watkins and Ings can play together mm-hmm. because they're, unless they're going up top with two, but then at that point, Wendia doesn't make a whole lot of sets because he's better yeah. than So, um, Villa, I don't think we know exactly what they are just yet. They're still got tons of, you know, they've got Bailly and, Buendia and Ings mm. all still trying to mesh, and then we have to wait for Watkins to come in. So I just don't think we know what they are yet. All right. Uh, we ready to move on to Palace Brentford? Yeah. This one was riveting. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it was for <laughs> me. I was, I, I was watching it going, God, if they don't give up a goal, if Brentford doesn't give up a goal, that's going to be really good for my fantasy. <laughs> 
well, you <laughs> it know, worked out well. So it worked out well for you. Both of these teams finished with under one uh, XG. Brentford had 14 shots on uh, 14 shots with three on goal compared to Palace's seven with um, two on goal. Palace is one of those teams that has not scored a goal yet. Um, and, you know, going up against a newly that hasn't been in, you know, the top flight for a long, long time, kind of worrying for Palace. Maybe I know we really gave Logan the sh- uh, last season for picking them as a team to get relegated. Uh, and I, none of us actually picked them to get relegated, but we did say we were concerned overall about how they would be. Um, now they hadn't, they got a point, so they still haven't scored, but they have a a point from this match. But, uh, Matt, you watch this one for your your fantasy, uh, (laughs) and and you're a, you're a Brentford head, right? Um, what, what, um, what was your thoughts? Is it, you you think this is good for, um, do you think this is good? Better for Brentford or worse for Palace? I actually think it's it's good for both teams. And that's because Brentford, being a newly promoted side, they need to get all the points they can get. So going on the road to a team, no matter who they are, I think getting a draw is always going to be a positive. For Crystal Palace, it's a positive because they there's so much – there's – they have so many new players. They have a new coach. And I, I actually like a lot of the players they brought in. So I do think eventually they're going to start gelling even better. But because of everything that's happened so far with them, getting any points they can here at the start is going to be crucial. So I, to be completely honest, if this game was midseason, I think Palace would have won the game because I think they have more talent than Brentford does. But right now they just have so many new faces with a new coach getting anything they can is going to be huge. So whether, even if it's against a team like a Norwich or Brentford or Wofford, you know, any of these newly promoted sides, getting anything they can is going to be a, a big deal. Um, Cause I do think they are better than the, the promoted sides. Um, and then Brentford, you're going to watch it. Promoted teams need to get points. They need to get points at the start because it's just a different type of physicality they're going to be dealing with. So Toward the end, I feel a lot of the newly promoted sides tend to struggle. So getting what they can is great for them at this point. So I actually think this result really was the best for both both sides. Yeah, like Hannah Montana, best of both worlds, right? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I agree. Brentford getting, you know, a point uh, from this while they are uh, up to eighth place with four points and then palace getting a point after not even scoring a goal yet this season uh compared to some of those other teams i think is good but i just worry long term for palace going forward i think brentford's doing pretty well four points to start off the season is better than i thought they would do and uh if i'm right i had them going down so (laughs) i mean they still could right but i mean it's a pretty good start uh for them so I'm, i'm happy for them because our first episode ever, right? Or second episode, something like that, was us talking about uh, the playoff match against Swansea and mm-hmm. Brentford and trying to get up to the EPL for last season. 
And they, you know, we were all rooting for Brentford. We didn't want to see Swansea up here again. And uh, this time, um, was it Swansea or who was it that they faced? No. Swansea Swansea was this year, right? So what was it before that? It was... uh, Fulham, yeah. It was Fulham, that's what it was, yeah. Uh, You know, we didn't want to see Fulham again, and we were right to say that because they went right back down. Um, But, you know... It is nice to finally see them up here and and you know doing well and in the first two weeks and having a good time. Uh, Logan, do you have any thoughts about this, Matt? Um, I mean, I, Brentford defends pretty well for like a team that Thomas Frank's got it, them defending in the Premier League really well, and that, that's something that West Brom struggled with. That's something that Fulham struggled with um, when they were up here. I think it, teams that really struggle to defend are the teams that are in trouble, like. The, the fact that Norwich are sitting at um, minus eight in the goal differential department, um, that, that would be more concerning to me. Whereas, like, obviously grabbing four points for Brentford, like Matt said, grab them early and grab them often. Because towards the end of the year, I think that's when you start to see, I guess, the, the screws kind of tighten up. Uh, the, the really good teams get even better, whereas some of these relegation teams fight for promotion. How long was it yeah. where Sheffield had like zero points yeah. or one point? I mean, like, yeah. so for them to get four already for Brentford is an accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, cause even, if, if, even if they went down. Yeah. Cause if you look at the tables from like previous years, um, you can kind of tell like exactly how many points are needed. Um, Cause I know we do that with MLS where you kind of look mm-hmm. at like, what are the points that you need um, last year, Fulham who was 18th had 28. Um, if you go to the year before that, if you're looking at the 18th spot, Bournemouth had 34. Um, so, you know, kind of in that sweet spot of 28, 34, if you can kind of get in that medium, then you're, you're kind of like in that position to kind of take that 17th, 16th spot. So that's what Brentford needs to do. They need to focus on grabbing those many points as you possibly can early. And usually English, uh, media and stuff say 40 points is the goal, like to stay up. So I mean, there's some years where you don't even need 40, but like 40 yeah, is a good you. target, and they already got four, so they just need what, like 36 more points. So there you go. Um, let's move on to <laughs> Leeds versus Everton. Leeds end up with 70% of the possession in this game, while Everton have 30, but it finishes 2 2. Uh, they both had 17 shots <laughs> in what was a, it was a wild, a wild game. game here. Uh, Calvert-Lewin with a penalty 30 minutes in. Then uh, Klisch uh, in the 41st minute uh, for Leeds. Then uh, Damari Gray scoring for, uh, for Everton in the 50th. Then Rafina in the 72nd. And that's the end of the scoring. But... Yeah, if you wanted to know XG, 1.86 to Everton, uh, 1.05 for Leeds. Um, just a just a wild game, and Leeds certainly some mixed feelings on this, right? You got 70% of the possession, but you both ended up with the same amount of shots, so it's hard to say, okay, we deserve to win more, right? And then shots on target compared to Leeds four. So I think two, two is a fair result. What, what was your thoughts, Matt? Is two, two, uh, fair for both sides here? Yeah. Um, personally believe Everton probably outplayed them in a, and to an, to an extent. Um, 
leads have been a little disappointing in the first couple couple of games because uh, I feel like a lot of people would have thought they'd come out running, you know, just like they did last year. Um, so it, their defense, it looks like it's going to be a bit of an issue again this year because they they were constantly getting pretty much open, like opened up anytime Everton had the ball. I felt like I was watching them with a threat. And I think the stats, to an extent, back that up because if you only have, what, 30% possession – but you end up with the same amount of shots as a team that's mm-hmm. 70, mm-hmm. you're taking your chances anytime you can get them. And to be fair, players like Damari Gray, he was, I mean, his goal, I actually thought his goal was one of the coolest goals. If you watch it, it's the 50th minute. Um, if you watch his goal, I don't know what it is, but it just looks like so satisfying. The way he he kind of like backs up a little bit and then he just, his shot is so quick and smooth. It just, it doesn't look like it should happen, but it goes in, and I was like, "Are you saying why. this is the Trey Turner slide goal version <laughs> here, where you just have to watch no, it?" No, on? God, no, not even we're near as close as smooth as that slide was. <laughs> um, but it, it's just like something about it was just very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just they, I I don't think they won't have issues this season, but it is a little concerning that their defense does still feel like the same, and I I think that's the biggest issue with their team is that they need, they need to evolve. They can't stay stagnant. You know, they're still going to be super exciting. Obviously their games are going to be filled with shots and goals. Cause what is it? That's six goals in their first game, four in their mm-hmm. second, that's 10 goals in their first two games. And I think that's what leads are good. Leads are good at having those exciting games, but for them to evolve, I do think they need to start tightening up on their defense. Cause having giving up, was it, you said 17 shots and, between 30% possession. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's what is 30% of a 90 minute game is 27 minutes. So, so you're giving up a shot yeah. almost, you're giving up one shot almost every, a little under two minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you can't do that in the Premier League, especially with teams. And I've actually been impressed with Rafa Benitez. I thought Everton have played two really solid games and they don't mm-hmm. look, they don't look like the same team they were last year where they, they look just slow, like stuck in the mud. Yeah, they yeah. do look like they're running more. Um, is it going to last? We don't know. But I, I so you can't be slow and and get a shot yeah. off every two <laughs> minutes, really. I yeah. Mean, so it's it, it's been nice to he has made them look a little bit more threatening. So you know, I is the result fair? Probably. I actually think it might be a little bit unfair to let uh, Everton because I thought they played better than Leeds, but. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting watching those two teams throughout the rest of the year. I'll tell you what was not smooth. Uh, Demari Gray slide. Uh, he tries to slide on his knees, and he just goes right <laughs> into the ground there. So uh, definitely not a Trey Turner slide. Uh, he he <laughs> needs to try to find some form in that. But yeah, Leeds they got one point, which I think is is fair for them. Uh, it's it's more than fair to them to start the season. Yes, they're in fifteenth place, but with the minus four goal differential, uh, getting that one point is uh, good for them. They now have you know Burnley coming up here, where I think that they could actually probably get three <laughs> points. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, th- it's a it's a rough start for them. You know, schedule wise, you know, having to start with United who demolished them last year and, you know, did pretty well demolishing them this year. And then having, 
you know, Everton, which really was a question mark. And if, if Carlo Ancelotti is still there, maybe, maybe they get all three points there, but with it being Rafa and, you know, a new manager bump and different play style a bit, uh, definitely seems to have given the edge to, to Everton there. And luckily for them, Rafina gets them uh, a point there. Uh, Logan, did you have anything to say about these two teams? No, I think everything's pretty much said. Uh, I agree with Matt, though. I, I think Everton looks a lot better than they did last year. There's times where they look threatening, especially with Charleston and DCL. Those are two really good players, and if those two can fire, then this team is, again, top of half of the table, and, and they can kind of jockey for some positioning there um, and maybe battle up towards, you know, five and six, depending on how bad the league is this year. If it, You know, right now it looks like there's some teams that aren't going to be up there at the top. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with James Rodriguez because in terms of talent, he probably is their most talented player. Um, unfortunately, he's obviously he's hurt. His, his doesn't have a good stamina. He just doesn't seem to to be able to last in games. But I don't know if you saw, but I think it was like he's on Twitch or something, and he was streaming, and he didn't even know who they were playing. Oh no, I didn't see that. Like I think they said, like he doesn't even know who they're playing. So I don't know. If he's, you know, dealing, I know Godfrey's been out with like COVID issues. I don't know if he's isolating as well. Um, but I, I'm interested to see what happens because if he plays for Everton, then yeah, I think they're fighting for Europe throughout the year with Rafa because Rafa's a good coach. I mean, he's done it before. Um, and I think one of the issues with Ancelotti was that the team just kind of fell off and it almost felt like maybe they were playing over their head. But I think Rafa can keep them in there. But it's, it's interesting. It kind of reminds me. It was funny. I don't know. I know Logan hasn't watched Ted Lasso, but Jordan saw it where he's like, uh, they're they're playing Sheffield Wednesday, and he's like, oh, we're playing yeah. Sheffield. He's like, yeah, we play them on Saturday. He's like, we play them Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a great exchange. Uh, yeah, so that's what that reminded me of with Hamez because it's like he apparently doesn't know who they're playing, and it's. <laughs> I, I want to know what happens because I think this next what is what's today. August 23rd, we got eight days. A week, it yeah. sounds like there's going to be a lot happening. That'd be fun. Teams. So. Uh, yeah, and it does close on the 31st, uh, which I needed to check because sometimes they've been doing it where it closes like in September mm-hmm. after a few days. So I did just double check that it is the 31st of August. So. Um. Let's move on to Logan's Manchester City uh, winning 5-0 over Norwich here. You got a Tim Krul own goal. You had a Fernand Torres goal ruled out. You had Jack Grealish scoring. Uh, you had Laporte scoring in the 64th minute. Raheem Sterling getting on the board in the 71st. And Mares in the 84th to make it uh, 5-0. Josh Sargent comes on in the 77th minute. Uh, to pretty much do exactly what he did in Werder Bremen. So uh, uh, sorry about that, Josh. Uh, this is why I didn't want him to go to Norwich. I, I, you know, we all thought Norwich would be pretty good and that they would stay up, right? But uh, Norwich issue is going to be uh, Norwich's issue is going to be scoring goals. And I know that they've had a rough two teams to start off with with Liverpool and Man City. But I worry that if he's just going to be, you know, playing in the back the whole time, uh, get and having 13 minutes to make a difference, and not even being able to get the ball forward for him to make any good of it, 
it's going to be a rough year for Josh Sargent. And looking forward to that as a U.S. men's national team fan, as Logan and I will be covering the qualifiers, which start in just uh, like less like a week and a half yeah. uh, that the qualifiers start. And yeah. we don't we have Jassy Zardes injured. We have uh, Pulisic, who maybe is going to be back from his COVID issue. We have. Uh, you know, Pifok uh, is injured. We, we don't have a good striker up top for the U.S. DK is injured. Sargent is not playing well in form. His team's not really helping him out. It, it, it's worrying Sergeant's for the U.S. striker. Teams. Yeah, Josh Sargent's a striker. Yeah. You wouldn't know that because he's playing in his own box defending because <laughs> yeah. of Norway. Yeah, I was say, when he yeah. came oh, on for Liverpool, yeah. when he played against Liverpool, I was like, I thought he was one, and then he was like defending, and I was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's just Norwich uh, not being able to get anything going there, Come unfortunately. On. And it's worrying. It's worrying for the for the U.S. men's national team. But we'll talk about that on stateside soccer show throughout the throughout the season, I'm sure. But just want to kind of cover the Norwich spot of it. Yes, it's a rough start for them. Uh, you know, it is. They haven't scored yet. They have a negative eight goal differential. They're at the bottom. They made all these moves that people were really impressed with. And now we'll see if they actually they had to face two really good teams though to start with. So maybe they can get points uh, elsewhere. Their next game is against Leicester though, so it's not getting any easier for them, unfortunately. Um, that's such a uh, that's awful for them. But that's where that's where it's like nice for Brentford to get those points because yeah, we're gonna have to play those teams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Brentford getting those points that way. And, and that's the bad thing, too, is, like, I, I think sometimes we don't think about how the schedule can affect teams because you play everybody twice anyway, home and away. But I think when you get off to a season start that bad, it can kind of get into the locker room a bit, you know, and I think that might be something bad there. But, uh, Logan, give us the Manchester City side here. Yeah, so I think the the Man City sides, obviously we're looking elsewhere. I mean, 5-0 um, was just kind of a game that is holding us over. We're, we're There's so much attention on Harry Kane right now. Um, so it's kind of tough because to fuel the Harry Kane transfer or to fuel some other transfer that we don't know about, um, there's a lot of players right now that, that kind of seem to be at their end. Um, and a lot of those people, I mean, we relied on for a long time. I know Bernardo Silva uh, is likely to be gone. He'll pro- he's probably the most likely to to rate him. Um, and then Laporte, I would think, um, is going to garner some attention just because I think he'll play, and I think Pep's idea is to play him and then sell him um, just for the value. Um, and then Jesus, who's constantly in the in the spotlight because he he's supposed to be that striker, but he's been playing on the wing. Um, and, and that's, you know, it's shown – how um, how much that Pep doesn't trust Gabriel uh, in, in a spot that he's played all of his life. Um, and he's actually looked better on the wing, to be honest, just because he's not relied upon to, to score goals. And, and But having him fair on Torres, who's not by trade a striker, it's tough to watch. So I think with City, uh, the biggest thing right now, like, you know, they're a good team. They're a good defense. And we're not, you know, we don't start this schedule out real hot. I mean, we got Arsenal next, but um, I think it's a winnable game. I think right now it's just all eyes are on Harry Kane. Um, and then in about a week, uh, I, I think City's attention starts to change and shift some. Uh, De Bruyne is still not 100% fit. Gundogan played, but he's not 100% fit. Sterling hasn't played much, but when he's played, he's been really good this year. Um, and just not fit. Um, but yeah, I, I like what City's done. 
Um, I, I now see the importance of Jack Grealish because a couple of weeks ago I was kind of in the same boat of like Jack Grealish kind of plays that same spot that Raheem does. And the biggest thing with them is when Grealish has the ball, they can interchange with Gundogan on the side or Cancelo. Um, and, you know, just kind of keep that triangle and interchange and kind of go who in the midfield, whoever they want to go with. And now you've got, instead of Raheem going through the midfield and having Joao on the right-hand side or left-hand side, um, it, it's now Jack Grealish instead. So, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell with City right now just because, I mean, they just bashed in Norwich, but they're still waiting on a striker. And if we don't get a striker, I, honestly, I mean, Liverpool right now and Chelsea, Liver, you know, look better than City do. Um, so, I guess... We'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, City had kind of the same slow start last season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they actually won their first game and then kind of dipped down a bit. But this time, it's kind of like they lost their. I didn't even think of this as a slow start. Well, I mean, they lost their first game, uh, so. Yeah. Uh, to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. <laughs> I, I think like, that's I kind of blinded a lot of people to probably how good they're still going to go if they to be. didn't beat norwich five no that's when i would have been concerned <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true uh but I, I know going into this people were probably you know i look the media overreacts right you have you know the, after man city lost last week you know people uh, were definitely like oh it looks like it's gonna be chelsea fighting for the top spot at manchester united and then now we're looking at well, I mean, you know, after uh, after Chelsea's performance, people are like, no, they're, you know, they're the favorites now. And it keeps going like people just, uh, you know, pulling hot takes off uh, everywhere they can. Um, but yeah, so Manchester City wins 5-0. Another game that was on Saturday, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Watford. This is the one I was watching. I was not watching Manchester City. I said no. I'm not wasting my time watching Manchester City smash a team 5 nothing because uh, I knew that was coming because Norwich can't score. What I <laughs> I was like, but this Brighton Brighton Watford looks a lot of fun. So I, I put that one on. Uh, Shane Duffy scores in the 10th minute. Malpay in the 41st. They beat Watford 2-0. There's some uh, uh, good goals too. I actually, was it the Duffy one, I think? Was yeah, a Duffy's nice header? Really yeah. It was a really nice header. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so Brighton have started off very well. They're in fourth place with six points. Again, we're trying not to overreact here, but uh, they're up to fourth place. They're not going to finish in fourth. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> but to start the season with two wins, uh, pretty good here. They beat Burnley uh, and they beat uh, Watford, just two teams that you probably think that Brighton should beat, and they did. So again, getting those points where it's possible. Because I had, uh, oh, I did not have them as relegation, did I? No. Um, but we were worried about them. I remember us talking in the preview, like, mm -hmm. oh, we're really worried about Brighton this year. But so far, so good. Um, let's go, Matt. Any thoughts here on this match? 2-0 to Brighton. No, I mean, it, it went as kind of what I would have expected. Because um, I do think Brighton are a lot better than Watford. And like you mentioned, Jordan, it's this is like almost a combination between how the schedule can, you know, there's the beginning of a schedule can affect how you like begin a season, obviously, because they face probably two of the biggest relegation, I would say, 
possibilities in terms of teams. They're probably two of the maybe four teams that you would generally definitely put down there. Um, so that's a big deal to get those two wins. So not only are they getting the two big, you know, the six points, but having that weaker schedule at the start puts you at a good position as well. Um, and to be, to be fair, they're, they're finishing a lot. They're obviously finishing a little bit better. It's the one game I didn't watch any bit live. Um, I generally was watching the other ones and then I just kind of ignored it. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry, Logan. I know you're. I know. I think that's partly why I watched this one. I was uh, like, I don't think anybody else is jumping out of their way to watch Brighton Watford. So I'll, I'll do. I would it. watch it if City wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's good for them. Um, it's not really a shocking result though. So I think Watford, in general, this is where I think. Yeah, they started the season against Villa and Brighton, and you probably would have said, as a Watford fan, if we could draw both of those games. Um, so it's almost like they're kind of playing with a free game. I know they would probably really like a draw against Brighton, but being able to get the win against Villa and then this game is just kind of like, you know what, we might lose, we might win, we might draw. I still think after two games, Watford fans probably feel good because they got three three points out of two games against teams that I think are probably top. Brighton has a chance to be a top 12 team if they if they actually finish well. So getting three points is definitely a big deal for them too. All right, uh, let's move on to Southampton, Manchester United. This one was a little bit of a surprise here. Southampton, you know, everybody was worried about them after how they were finishing the season last year. They come in and they get the lead 30 minutes in from a Fred own goal over Manchester United. Then Mason Greenwood uh, pulls uh, an equalizer out of his hat in the 55th minute, assisted by Paul Pogba, and uh, that finished 1-1. I was really uh, expecting Manchester United to do better than this. They had 64% of the possession to 36 for Southampton. Southampton still had eight shots, though, and uh, United had 15 with with uh, four on target to Southampton's three on target. So uh, finishes 1-1. Looking at the uh, lineup here, you had Martial get the start with Pogba, Bruno, Mason Greenwood, Nemanja Matic, Fred. I mean, a pretty strong lineup here, but uh, they just, you know, Jaden Sancho actually came in in the 59th minute, and uh, Jesse Lingard actually came on in the 86th minute. Uh, he's, I guess he's not going on loan anywhere, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, any thoughts here, Logan, on y- your, you know, the Crosstown Rivals? Um, I will say Paul Pogba in his last year at United um, is playing extremely well. I thought he looked way more dangerous than I had seen him in a long time. I mean, this goes back to the days where he's still playing in Italy. I I think that, you know, watching him play, um, he could be the key to unlock a lot of things um, with United. And I think the way that he did play and has been playing over the last two matches, I know you don't want to overreact, but he looks so much more involved uh, with the team. The team looks happy that he's around. He looks happy that he's around. And, and they've talked about like, oh, Paul Pogba, he's leaving uh, this summer. He was going to leave um, before the transfer deadline. I'm not so sure anymore. I, I think it's become more of like he's I think there they're in negotiations right now to yeah. extend him, actually, right. is what it sounds like. Right. And I and honestly, I agree with it because I think that he – seriously, he's looked really good. And, and 
he makes them easily a, a competitive top four team. I mean, United, I felt like it, out of the four teams, they had to play the best um, because I'm not sure that the talent quite matches that of Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. And I'm not just saying that because the three of us, but I think when you look at United, there were times last year, and I know they finished second, but that was with a Chelsea team that had a really, really tough time under Lampard. I think what they went forever without collecting that many points. Um, Liverpool was depleted and, and kept up. So I think that you're looking at two very good teams that are now at full strength. And I think that those teams are more talented on their list than United is. And, you know, it, it, it is interesting if Pogba can play the way that he's been playing um, and he can get, you know, Greenwood, if he can get uh, Rashford, he can get Martial, if he can get these guys to play well around him, uh, Bruno, they're a dangerous team too. Um, plus a St. Mary's game. That's a tough game to go in and play. And like you said, I think we have to kind of recalibrate um, because it, you know, going back into away stadiums aren't easy points anymore. Yeah, that's a huge – I think that's going to be where United season is is going to mm-hmm. be a bit different because I would say last year if if the game started the way it did, mm-hmm. I actually think it did against uh, – I didn't want to say they went yeah, down 2-0 right. at yeah. Southampton last year. You're right. You have fans now, so you can't – I actually think they said it in the broadcast where I don't know if it was Oleg uh, saying it, but – someone mentioned you can't keep we can't keep doing that i think it was it was ali that said it we can't keep going behind in road games because there's fans this year we're not going to be able to just fight fight our way back again and again and and same in agreement in terms of talent i don't think they're as talented in in regards to their starting 11 as city or liverpool or chelsea they i think performed as good as they possibly could have last year and that got them second but barely um so I think if if Chelsea and Liverpool, you know, Liverpool stay healthy, Chelsea keep Tuchel all season because you know maybe they lose a couple games and they decide they need to fire him. You know, <laughs> could, um, or buy it like how? Sounds I like mean, a Chelsea thing. <laughs> I mean, you got Chris Conte. He's I know he's he's coached him before, didn't he? Chelsea didn't he yeah, coach? He did. Yeah, I was like he did coach him before, but he's free, you know. You know, Roman Antonio Conte. Like, did you say Chris Conte? Antonio, Chris Conte. Or, it's uh, Antonio. Who's Chris? Why yeah, do I think Antonio Conte? Chris yeah, Conte, I, I think, is a baseball player. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> he could be coaching too. I don't know. I mean, um, Frank Lampard's available too. You forget that. Yeah, name. that's true. I thought he would have been hired by a championship team, but um, yeah, I, I just they they are playing the same way they did last year. And to be completely honest, their midfield besides Pogba is not good. <laughs> you I mean, know, it's even Sancho like hanging out on the bench, but that was a kind winger. of strange to me. I mean, he... he's a winger though. Yeah. He plays on the left and right wings. The big, okay. I'm interested to see like, also what about Danny Vanderbeek? What the heck? He's still there. He sits on the bench. He doesn't even Maybe like, he's he, just he's not cut. good. I, I don't know. <laughs> he's just not good. It's, it's just, or, it's crazy. It's funny because, it's like I see like tweets today about Gary Neville saying like, you know, if United were really serious, they'd be going for Kane. And I'm like, you spend the like second most amount of money. You can't just sit here and think United aren't trying here. It's just they're buying players that I don't believe are worth that amount based off of their talent. And here's a question. Like, I mean, you got Nemanja Matic and you've got Fred who were in their yeah. midfield. But if you look at, like, Scott Metomini, he didn't play because he was – I think he wouldn't completely fit. Um, so you got to insert him somewhere. I know Jesse Lingard, if he doesn't go anywhere, he's going to want time. So, like, 
And he should get time. He should. Yeah. He was like, what kind of formation do they play? Like, do they switch it to the front three? Like, do you see Martial and Rashford and um, Sancho playing all the three forward positions? Because then after that, I mean, then you're looking at trying to decide who drops off. Uh, I would have, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't think Fred or McTominay or Maddich are really all that great. So I think no. if you, if you can find somebody that I don't think you have an issue dropping them, yeah. I would assume, I would assume their plan or their hope would be maybe Cavani up top and then have Rashford and Sancho beside him with Fernandez behind, I think is what, what they usually try to do. So Martial. Oh, he's bad. I don't. I, no, no, he was I, really bad last year. I agree. But oh, he, he was. I, if, I think if you look at his stats, I think someone said like one of the worst. he completed two passes yeah. all game. I had him last so, year. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> he was awful. <laughs> I think. I think in regards to, and I think Greenwood's in there as well. I mean, they have, yeah. they have depth, and you know they do have talented players, but they also just run themselves completely through Bruno. And if he's not playing well in a game. And I don't think he had a very good game at Southampton. I don't recall seeing him very often besides on the ground. Um, and it's it just – Not Bruno. <laughs> if, if he's struggling, their team is struggling. And I, I really wonder if they don't make any more moves, I really don't think they're going to be competing with the big three because if things are at the status quo and continue that way, which they obviously won't, but if they did, uh, they're just – they're not anywhere close to Liverpool, City, Chelsea. I just don't see it. All right, let's uh, let's talk uh, Wolverhampton versus uh, Tottenham. Harry Kane, are you watching? Uh, we had uh, Deli Alley convert a penalty in the ninth minute. That's all the scoring there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you like surprise. One nothing. Um, but uh, Wolves, I felt like actually played really well after mm-hmm. they gave up. Uh, mm-hmm. the, they played better. The, the penalty. They had twenty five shots to Spurs eight. They had fifty eight percent of the possession, but they just couldn't get the back of the net. And as we stated before, they're one of the teams that have not scored this season. Um, they have zero points this season, so it's a little worrying for them uh, there, uh, which I think uh, we mostly had them as worried. I, I put mm-hmm. them as one of my options for relegation. Um, we said we were worried about them because of the way that they were um, you know, losing their coach, and then uh, it looks like actually um, Triore is going to be leaving. Yeah, as well. He's been linked to was it Spurs or somewhere else? I think I just saw yeah something like that. And he played really well. I thought he looked. Um, I know some people thought that the penalty shouldn't have been called. I thought it was a pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. penalty. So uh, for me, I don't, I don't have a problem. I know some people think he was dragging his leg back to get contact, but I don't think the keeper should be coming out guns a blazing in that situation either. So, um, so I can kind of see that that point of view of why it was called and. There you go. Uh, Spurs win 1-0. They've been uh, off to a good start. They're in fifth place with six points, two goal differentials. They get uh, two uh, 1-0 victories here. They beat Manchester City, and then they beat Wolves. So pretty good start for Nuno at Spurs. Uh, Any thoughts on that, Logan? Uh, 
Um, yeah, I think you're right in your worry about Wolves. Um, I just don't see, besides Jimenez, I, you know, Podence isn't playing, and there there's been linkage to other places for him. Um, and he's their second best attacking player. So when you look at him, you know, who are they going to go get? I don't think anybody. Um, and, you know, Jimenez plays now, and he's had that brain issue uh, that, that he got injured last year. I think it was his first Premier League game since. So, um, yeah, I, I would say just concern for, for Wolves. Um, but no, I don't know if I would put them in relegation concern because I think they'll be able to pull off enough, especially at home, because Molyneux is hard to play in. So, Matt, any thoughts on uh, these two matching up? Uh, not really. It, it, you guys kind of already mentioned all of it with the two of them. Um, I am interested to see how Tottenham continue to fare because um, I feel like they've been impressive, but at the same time, not impressive. So I just think we there's so much to do with them and Harry Kane that until we hit September 1st, it's hard to really project what to expect out of them. Harry Kane, are you watching? Let's move on to the London Derby then. You had Chelsea first. Arsenal, uh, there is a fan with an Arsenal jersey that was customized to say Big Six LOL <laughs> on it, which was hysterical, by the way. Uh, you had uh, Lukaku score his first goal as a Chelsea player. Uh, not just this stint. He, he didn't actually didn't score one last time. He only played 10 games last time. Uh, he scores in the 15th minute. Um, and then Reese James, who assisted Lukaku, gets his own goal in the 35th minute, finishes 2-0. And Arsenal have zero points, have yet to score, and they face City this upcoming weekend. It can get really bad for them. Again. Is it time, <laughs> is it time Logan, for Mikel Arteta to pack it up? Yes, uh, because, I mean, it's so hard to dig yourself out of holes, and they just continuously – dig themselves in the holes i mean last year last year i, I remember ladder I, to get out of holes is it ladders okay um, <laughs> um but last year it just seems like didn't we have conversations literally conversations of like you're flirting with like the relegation line it wasn't even like they were flirting with half of the table bottom of the table like the top half bottom half it was like you're flirting with teams like west brom and sheffield i mean these are really bad teams and arsenal kind of have that same kind of feel to them and again, they're not adding anybody since he's been there. They've not really added. But Odegaard's coming back, and that's a big thing for them because he played pretty well for them last year. But that's so as really as uh, Bakary Sagna Sagna said, he you know he used to play for them. Yeah, they've added a lot of young players, which is good for the future. Yeah, they haven't added any senior players that can really help bring them forward. Right, and I totally agree. I mean, if you look up and down the roster, who in that bunch? I mean, the Thomas Party, I don't think is necessarily the guy that's going to do that for you. Um, Odegaard, I think, is relatively younger still, so I think he's not really the answer for that. Uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette had been linked to being sold, um, and again, they just both of them kind of fell off the map last year. So it was like, you know, where do they turn for leadership? Arteta doesn't look like he's necessarily like that leadership and that leader in the locker room. Um, he's very quiet, 
it seems on the sidelines. So I wonder how much of that is just because he doesn't get along with them or if he's not much of the rah-rah getting their face. But if you look at like good coaches, if you look at Jurgen, if you look at Ole Gunnar, if you look at Pepe or Pep, if you look at um, Tuchel, they're very animated and passionate on the sidelines. It just seems Arteta is like going through the motions and just kind of grinding his gears and not getting anywhere. It almost makes you wonder, do they respect him enough as a coach? Hey, wasn't um, he was wasn't Arteta supposed to have yeah, learned from Pep. Pep? It's just Yeah. Uh, Raheem loved him, so maybe that's telling. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, it just seems like they're just so unmotivated every time I watch him. He just seems so, like, distraught and out of it that it just doesn't seem normal for a coach on the sideline. Like, you don't have that personality as a coach. I mean, David Moyes is out there, like, slide tackling people and all sorts of different things. You've got Arteta that just sits here like this. Reminds me of Lampard. Yes, exactly. Yes. At the end, Lampard yep. just sitting there, yeah. That body language, and he's always doing this. Arteta's always like doing the thing with his finger, just like putting it on his nose, like this could be better. <laughs> so, it, it it's almost it's concerning it's not sad. only from that, but their their recruitment has just been incredibly poor. I don't really understand, you know, for a team that I don't personally believe had crazy defensive issues last year. I actually thought their defense was because they played very defensive anyway. Had to. I don't. I don't fully understand where Ben White and a goalkeeper were the best, like big money moves. That makes and a backup goalkeeper, pretty much. Yeah, and I, it it's concerning because I would assume as an Arsenal fan, I don't even know what what hope do you have? Are you watching their goal? Like, is the well, only with the hope- goalkeeper with the goalkeeper thing too? Just real quick, they had Mart- uh, Martinez. Martinez, yeah, who yeah. is now playing for like Argentina's number one. Mm-hmm. He he went to uh, where did he go? Like West Ham? Yeah, I think he left. I think he's at Villa. Or Villa? Villa. Yeah, he went Same to Villa. Thing. And yeah, third and blue. Right? <laughs> uh, but he uh, so they had somebody already there that they could have just kept and maybe promoted yeah. him and and phased out no. uh, their current keeper. But instead, they have to go get another backup keeper, and then they get Ben White, like you said. It's funny too because it, it's almost like they're they're one they're always one step behind because. What if you had kept Emmy Martinez? What if you had fired Arteta when you probably should have, and mm-hmm. maybe you go get Tuchel? They have the money. Arsenal is still a name. You That's know, nobody's going to sit there and say Arsenal isn't a name. To an extent, where at some points last year it was almost like who fires their coach first, Chelsea or Arsenal, because they're going to probably be the ones that get Tuchel. Chelsea actually made the move, and it's paying off incredibly. And. I don't, like what? What excitement is there? Are you excited? Like a buying looks awful. Like, are you excited for Lacazette to come back, or is it? Are you excited to watch Thomas Partey be a like fairly defensive midfielder? Like what? It's not like there's somebody coming off like the bench or some attacking option coming in. It's it or young players. So, <laughs> it just looks so bleak, yeah. and I just don't. And. Like it's fun to joke about, but at the same time, like I was watching that game and I was like, one, it, I think it was Pablo Mari. He should never ever try to defend Lukaku. He looked like a child amongst like a just grown ass man. And then because he couldn't defend him, I felt like they, they had both wings were just completely open. I felt like Reese James could have walked balls into the goal if he wanted to. At that point, it's just. 
I don't know that it, it's such a losing to Brentford was really big to them because I don't see how they were going to even get close. They're going to, they could end up last <laughs> as we go into the international break. I mean, we could talk about Chelsea though. Like, I mean, it's really hard to beat Chelsea just because one, I mean, I know Arsenal's, Arsenal had their number last year. Yeah. They did the double on them. Yeah. (laughs) But I even that, like, this Chelsea team just seems different this year. And and I don't know if it's because they've they've had so much time under Tuchel now or if it's that he's figured out a formation that works for them. Um, Because a lot of times they employ that uh, that back three that he likes to use. And then, you know, with that back three, though, he's still playing pretty defensive-minded players. I mean, he's got Marcus Alonso, who's – can do both. I mean, I, I feel like he's really good in attack. He can also defend pretty well. Um, I know Aspilicuates has played really well. Um, Ruger's played really well. So, uh, and they're still missing Chilwell, um, which is shocking. They're still missing Thiago Silva, which has, I mean, just the fact that Chelsea is so deep and I thought Ruger played probably better than most. Um, and then, I mean, you've got guys on the bench that still haven't made their way onto the pitch. Uh, you know, I know they've talked about Zuma possibly, being linked to other places, but you still have Conte, you still have uh, Chalaba, who's played really well. Um, This team is just so deep. I I don't know, you know, with Pulisic coming back, I don't know where he fits into the the mix. Uh, Obviously, I think he does, because I think Tuchel finally has him fully fit, and I think, you know, after COVID and stuff, and I think he'll play, but um, just top to bottom, this team's really good. I'll tell you, it felt like watching Chelsea of old, uh, watching yeah. this one, uh, having a striker. Look, when Lukaku was coming out, everybody was like, this is the next Drogba. And, um, you know, I don't think he's lived up to that as much, but to have a striker that actually scores goals um, was really nice for a moment, you know, mm. uh, seeing him get the goal. And I, I was so thankful that he scored it in his first match. Because you know how, like, when Torres didn't, mm-hmm. when Werner didn't, when, when some of these players don't, Morata, it, it gets in their head, and sometimes it, it, it takes a while to get out. All right, let's go ahead and talk West Ham Leicester. This is the game that wrapped up earlier today. Um, West Ham scored in the 26th minute through Fornals, uh, and then we don't really know how the game would have gone from there because 40th minute. Uh, Iose Perez gets a red card, and then the floodgates open up. Uh, ben Rama scores in the 56th minute. Telemans pulls one back in the 69th. Antonio in the 80th scores, and then the 84th, he scores another one and ends up 4-1 to West Ham. And now West Ham sits top of the Premier League. They had a great start last season as well and kind of dipped down. Is that what we're expecting this year, Logan? Yeah, um, I think – I mean, these are two teams kind of in a weird spot for me, though. I mean, One, you've got West Ham, who's, while very good, I don't know if they've got enough to kind of compete in that top – you know, then top European spots. And then you've got Leicester, who I think actually this year they don't look as sharp as they once did. But, again, it's only two games in. Um, so this could turn quickly on its head and 
they're competitive in top four. Who knows? But it does. It seems like these two teams are in in one spot together, and they're kind of like, okay, we could go either way on this one. We just don't know which way we're going. I think it depends uh, solely on how many matches can Vardy play, stay healthy. How much can Mikel Antonio play and stay healthy? Because those are two really key points um, to this attack and for both squads. So I don't know. You know, it really just depends on that. It depends on if West Ham can sign somebody because I know they'll miss Jesse Lingard because of how well he played last year. Um, and not having him around could be troublesome. If James Madison actually does go somewhere, then this team could really be in some danger with Leicester. So, again, they're they're all they're very similar in the way that they, they are right now. If they could add some pieces, it'd be better. If they can't, it'll all just depend, I think, on the health and fitness of the team. This might just be a, a a Leicester thing against West Ham too, because last year West Ham beat them twice. Yeah, as well. Matt, what's your thoughts on these two? Um, I I agree with the West Ham portion because, and the one thing I would add on with West Ham is I still think, in regards to their team, I I don't believe they have a lot of depth, and I think that's going to become a huge issue once they start getting into their European games, because um, I believe they have enough talent to get further in Europa. So they're going to be adding games that they normally don't play. Um, so they really could use probably a signing or two. I, I feel like Lingard is going to end up back there because it just makes sense. Like, I feel like eventually United is going to be like, but this is where you probably should be. He was probably wanting to go there because he'll start. Um, so that, that would probably be good. And they, to be fair, they probably do need a striker because Antonio, he looked great in the first couple of games, but he gets hurt a lot. Um, I don't know if it's because he's got, huge muscles and maybe that's like weak in them internally i don't know it's always his quads um, too or his quads yeah, are hamstrings and those are never good yeah it's like they're gonna be players um i don't again they're both they're both good teams and i, I agree with lester you know the first couple of games they've looked they have looked just kind of bland you don't really know and i i don't really know what it is i don't i personally do still think this is the year Vardy's end up getting you know kind of put on the back foot I know he scored in the first match, and he's definitely an incredible goal scorer. But between Ayanacho and Daka, I, I do think eventually you're going to start seeing those two get bulk of the playing time. Um, and I think that's actually going to be for the best because I, I, it's almost one of those situations where I think longer on, it might end up resulting in poor performances. Um, they'll both be around there, though, for the rest of the season. It's just, they probably both could still use some players. I actually think Leicester's defensive injuries are going to probably also, they're going to end up being an issue as well. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but it was a good, I watched the sec, pretty much the good portion of the second half and West Ham looked really good. I, I didn't see anything prior to the red card though. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham did look good. They did. Um, stats wise, 19 shots to five for Leicester. So yeah, uh, Lester did not get a lot of chances again, though. I mean, like, got a red card in the first half, and that ends up being, you know, something that uh, kind of changed the game. Um, that was a VAR decision, by the way. That was not one that was caught originally. So that's week number one. If we look at the standings, like we said, West Ham in first place with six points, Chelsea in second with six points. Liverpool in third with six, Brighton in fourth with six, and Tottenham in fifth, rounding out the teams with six points. 
Uh, United's are, United is in sixth with four points. Everton in seventh with four. Brentford in eighth with four. Then we go to teams with three points. In ninth, Manchester City. Aston Villa in 10th. Watford in 11th. Leicester in 12th. Then we go to teams with one point. Southampton in 13th. Crystal Palace in 14th. Leeds in 15th. And then we have the teams with zero. Wolves in 16th. Burnley in 17th. Newcastle in 18th, Arsenal in 19th, and Norwich in 20th. Looking ahead, we got Saturday morning, Manchester City versus Arsenal, 30 a.m. Then we have Aston Villa versus Brentford at 10, Brighton versus Everton at 10, Newcastle versus Southampton at 10, Norwich versus Leicester at 10, West Ham versus Crystal Palace at 10. And then Liverpool-Chelsea at 12.30. So, you know, two really big matches on on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we have Burnley versus Leeds at 9. Tottenham versus Watford at 9. Wolves versus United at 11.30. No games on the Monday because we're going to international break. The teams won't be back until September 11th after that international break. That's Matt's birthday. They're coming back for your birthday. That's magic. There you go. Happy birthday, Matt. Big two nine. Liverpool do not play that day though. So no present. <laughs> Good, for they you. can't ruin it. <laughs> they play on the twelfth. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, any any last thoughts here on anything? Um, it was noted that Liverpool's blocking most of law from going to World Cup qualifying for Egypt. Yeah. Um... That I thought you weren't allowed to do that, but I guess maybe because of the it, uh, because of the no, there's the a lot of countries. Time. Yeah, because it's going to happen with all the Brazilian players too. So you're probably going to start seeing not just Liverpool but other teams because I think they end up missing like three games or such in terms of it. So still don't think these games should really be getting played. Um, but what do I know? All right. Well, if you want to follow us, you can reach us at the at Stop It Show on Twitter, on Facebook.com slash Stop It's Time Soccer Show, email Stop It's Time Show at gmail.com, or Instagram Stop It's Time Soccer Show. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Harry Kane, are you watching? Kane has stolen him to death! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.